Um, all right. So diving into the October 2021 conference. Um, so the for Group A, we're going over his last conference talk of, of that general conference, which is called Makey, or Make Time for the Lord. Um, in my compilation, it's chapter 61, and it's on page 165. Um, anyway, just a, a short, simple, sweet one, but uh, I find that there's a, a lot of fun uh, material in, in this. Again, looking chiastically at, at his talks, like I always try to do, um, this last one and his, his first one of the October 21 conference um, uh, deal a lot uh, with each other. They, they tie in very well. Um, kind of overarching. Yes, there's like little chiasms in here, but uh, the past couple conferences, he's done kind of like overarching chiasmus. He um, always makes sure to uh, end where he, he started. Um, let's see. Got to get my, my brain back on. <laughs> so uh, kind of given that, um, if we... Let's actually pop over to, to the first talk for just a second. Um, let's see, it's on page 159 and verse six of that one. So in the talk, Pure Truth, Pure Doctrine, Pure Revelation, um, he asks us to actually study that. Um, it actually kind of starts up in, in verse five a little bit, but... Um, there has never been a time in history where knowledge of our Savior is more personally vital and relevant to every human soul. And then, verse 6, in that spirit, I invite you to listen for three things during this whole conference. And so he invites us to, um, to look for pure truth, pure doctrine, and pure revelation. Uh, contrary to... Well, I, I, <laughs> that's a, a study for a different day, uh, diving into to that talk. But anyway, looking for those three things throughout all of the conference talks and, and tying those in. And then if we go back to the, the talk that we're studying tonight, um, he pulls that in, in verse 7 and verse 11. Um, he says, never underestimate the profound truth that the Spirit seeketh, um, speaketh, of things as they really are and of things as they really will be. I will show unto you all things what you should do. And then in verse 11, um, says, I love you, dear brothers and sisters. The Lord knows you and loves you. He is your savior and your redeemer. He leads and guides this truth, his church, sorry, which is the, the pure doctrine. He will lead and guide you in your personal life if you make time for him in your life each and every day, which is the pure revelation one. So um, very chiastic where, uh, yes, we're going through the, the whole, every single conference talk, but, but here he's kind of distilling down um, his testimony in, in, in that, that there's pure truth, pure doctrine, and pure revelation found in, in the church. <clears throat> anyway, what other kinds of things uh, stood out to you as, as you were reading this talk and, and kind of reviewing this conference? I love the, the question that he, he poses there in verse two. Now the question is, 
how will we be different because of what we have heard and felt? You know, that's kind of the, the commission of every general conference, right? Um, but how we starts that verse, we have been given our charge for the next six months. Um, I don't know, it, he kind of phrased it a little bit different in, in that one than uh, he has in the past. And I, I found that very interesting. We've received our charge, now, now what? Now what? <laughs> how are we going to, to implement pure truth pure doctrine and pure uh, revelation in our lives. I just was reading about, uh, there's a lady named Julie Hanks. Have you guys heard of her? I guess she has a huge following in the church. Um, like a hundred thousand followers or most of them are LDS women. And she's pulling people away left and right. Oh, really? Yeah. She's, I just, I didn't watch her. I really don't like to look at, even look at stuff like that. I don't want to spend my precious time looking at stuff like that. But she's a huge influencer and um, just pulling people away. I think a lot of it's just from the different stuff the brethren have said. And I, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't studied much about it. But she looks just like a cute little LDS lady. And um. I like how he said in that the pure doctrine, the pure, I, my page just blew the, you know, to look for the pureness of it and not to get and And they're warning us. These are people are going to pop up and they're, you know, if you don't have the spirit with you, you can easily get distracted. And I'm sure she has probably some decent points, you know, um, I don't know. I haven't listened to her yet, but just keeping us on the path keeping us, you know, both sides on this side of the fence. And so I, when I was just reading over it, I thought this is really applicable when you see women like that. I mean, there's, she's, she's, she's taking girls, women by the handfuls. And I know a lot of people whose girls have listened to her and left. So hmm. anyway, I had never heard of her at all before. Yeah. You know, the thing is, there are so many people to listen to. We have to be so judicious in who we, like you said, choose to spend our time with. I don't, I don't have time for people who are trying to pull me away. <laughs> I, have, I have heard of her. I have not ever listened to her, but I've, I've heard of her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things to read. There's so many things to study and 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 do. You know, we need to be ministering. We need to be be saving souls. And and yet, <laughs> some very convincing, distracting voices out there that, yeah, it's no time for for that. And so, I think that that's an interesting uh, thing to pull into uh, what the the title of the talk is. Right, make time for the Lord. Quit going. <laughs> <laughs> out there and, and getting your your stuff from from social media and all this other stuff like it says there in, in verse five if you get if most of the information you get comes from social media or other media your ability to hear the whisperings of the spirit will be diminished it's not like it can be diminished it, it will, will be. be yeah yeah and a lot of times it's not just one thing she said, if you already have a little kinker in your heart about something that happened or you weren't treated right or you had a bishop that didn't, I mean, then you're vulnerable to that. Like, you have, you know, you're vulnerable to somebody that will empathize with you or 
you know, make you feel like, yeah, you were wrong or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I love just like, you know, he's he's has a promise in here. Um, I can't see it now. Also, the Sabbath day, just, mm-hmm. you know, focusing on the Sabbath day. Um, I saw a promise, but now I can't see it. Nothing will strengthen your spiritual foundation like temple service and temple work. Like there's just so many different things. And I think if we like look for the savior to help us with those wounds and those things are vulnerable instead of looking to the outside world. If you're bit too, you know, if we're busy studying these talks, we don't have time to sit and listen to some lady who has issues with the brethren, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I was listening to um, Greg. I think his name is Greg Matson on Quick today. He's he's someone I listen to once in a while, and he was saying <clears throat> that there are people who lurk lurk in our groups and um, notice what we say and their sole purpose is to pull people away from the church. And he was saying how they have a plan that they actually, you know, follow through with on pulling people out of the church. It was well, yeah. And then just look what Elle just posted. Dr. Julie D. Azvado Hayes is the daughter of Lex D. Azvado and Linda Jan Carter. She has a BS in psychology. So I'm sure she's, oh, that even puts more in it. Like, oh, look at her. She's got a big name and a degree. Like that's somebody to listen to. Yeah. And yeah. it says right here in, um, this is chapter 61, the voices and pressures of the world are engaging and numerous, but too many voices are deceptive, seductive, and can pull us off the covenant path to avoid the inevitable heartbreak that follows. I plead with you today to counter the lore of the world by making time for the Lord each day, each and every day. And you know, I have found that um, the spirit warns you away from, can't you just feel? Yeah, that's why, yeah, I just looked at her and kind of went, ah, no, I'm not even, I I won't give it my time. That's exactly this how it feels I'll yucky do. in my heart before I even really open it. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's there's times when there's like missionary moments, right? And then there's times when there's no, there's just don't even go there <laughs> kind of thing. Because, you know, some people do need like a, a listening shoulder as they are working through some of their um issues yeah, with, yeah. With and stuff but you know like <laughs> are are any of us going to be able to to, to reach this this lady or, or anything like that versus you know somebody in our own family that we actually do have influence with and, and can testify to and, and and make a difference kind of a thing yeah and to follow up with what you were saying on on five verse five if you are not only seeking the lord through daily prayer and gospel study you leave yourself vulnerable to the philosophies that may be intriguing, but are not true. Even saints who have otherwise fulfilled can be derailed by steady beat of Babylon's band. 
Mm-hmm. So, like, it's like he's he's not just warning us. He probably already knew who she was, and like all these other, they, they know they they follow. They have a, they have a teams that follow all of it. They know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> this is like so. It's not totally off topic, but um, the the steady beat of Babylon's band. I talked about yeah. this in group C. If anybody was there for that, but anyway, there was. I work construction with my brother and stuff. Anyway, one song came on and it like shook my soul. I I, anyway, there's so many different things to to talk about it, but like in essence, it was. I mean, I've surrounded myself with stupid music all my life, and anyway, it's not nothing new to me. But this one affected me different than any other thing that I've ever heard before. I mean, it it actually like transported me me somewhere else and was was trying to to rip at me but anyway um it came on the playlist uh, for two or three days and each time i i was like okay heavenly father help shield me from it but also help me learn why this is so bad too because i want to to be cognizant and uh, be aware kind of a thing and uh, one of the things that that was taught to me through it was the steady beat of the the thing it didn't have a melody it didn't have anything like this it was just this thumping steady beat leading you down to wow. hell. it was it was so interesting and um you know lots of different songs and, and stuff throughout the day that are that are playing and everything but i i took note of which ones had melody and which ones had steady beats and all of the steady beat ones <laughs> were wrecking my soul and anyway, it was it was such an interesting thing. So when I read this talk and it says, even saints who are otherwise faithful can be derailed by the steady beat of Babylon's band. And kind of going back to, um, you know, the, the original Adam and Eve story and, and their descendant or their posterity, right? Where they're getting lured off the mountain because of steady beats, and and the the brass and and the drums that are that are luring them down the, the mountain there and and the canines actually do fall and um and, and lure them away kind of a thing so uh, anyway that was just an interesting principle that i wasn't expecting this week but it it's come up like two or three different times in different ways and so it was like something that the lord really wanted to teach me um but that, that just stood out to me and it probably wouldn't have ever stood out to me in any other way um, had it not been <laughs> the Lord kind of uh, putting me in, in that scenario there. But the steady beat of Babylon's band, I think is well, crucial to pay attention to. I, I think that all of what we've been talking about here is the people are, are being led by Satan. I think this falls under secret combinations and stuff. He's trying everything in the book to try to get people. And, and he's using people to do that. And uh, like it was mentioned earlier, uh, lots of people are using the same thing. They kind of manipulate, they have a plan. They're working towards that plan. Well, that plan, I, you know, I think it all falls under this thing so when it, there's something like that you just gotta stay as far away from it as you can mm-hmm. yeah and and uh like janet and kathy were saying like like the spirit warns you you know and it might be just a, a subtle one-time thing it's just nope 
that that's not worth your time. And then if we heed it or or go against it, then uh, we either progress or, or we have to go through a little bit of hard knocks to uh, learn the lesson. I do think it's good to identify it mm -hmm. and to, you know, like I did look at who what she looked like and I was like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. I think it's okay. I think it's good to identify and see what's going on so that you know, like, you know, what to, what to stay away from. Even like the music, like when I worked out at one of the gyms, I love the gym, but the music was just, it did keep you moving, but it was just such horrible lyrics and the lyrics were horrible. And, but I have one weird thing to say about that. Um, I haven't shared this, with, I don't know if I've shared it with very many people, but um, one of those times at the gym, I had one of the most, even with all that, everything going, there's like 30 people working out at the same time. Cause we all did like the same workouts, kind of like a CrossFit. We're all doing like the same workout and there's awful music playing, but I would like, this sounds weird, but I would like be praying while I would work out, like, cause the workouts were hard. And so like, as I'm working out, I would be praying. That's just like how for strength and just, I don't know, that sounds weird, but I had one of the most spiritual experiences I've ever had in my entire life in the gym with my workout clothes on, no mm -hmm. garments. Um, um, the, probably the most holy moment I've ever had. And I was thinking, why here? Why would I have this experience <laughs> here with this music and this, like, this is not a holy place. Like why? And to me, I still don't really have, I really still don't have an answer for that, except for I did invite him. Mm -hmm. And I guess if we are sanctified and sanctification is like the comfort of the Holy Ghost and guidance and truth. And I guess if we're sanctified and if we, we can still have the Holy Ghost with us, even in bad places i mean it wasn't a it wasn't a bar okay it was a gym mm -hmm. yeah but, <laughs> but like, like why that... would i have it there of all the places i didn't have it at sacrament meeting i didn't have it at home i didn't have it with my family having family i mean i had it at the gym with this music playing but it was the most probably the most sacred moment i've ever had in my life mm -hmm. yeah is that interesting it is very interesting when I, you know, work in construction, stupid, like I, I've had some of my most revelatory experiences there when I'm actually putting effort into, you know, kind of blocking that out and, and in prayer or in meditation or whatever, right. you know, but it's almost like uh, the Lord was recognizing that effort and, and trying to testify, Hey, you are standing in a holy spot, even though the, the world might be raging around you kind of thing. And anyway, it was very interesting, you know? So is the holy spot just inviting him and just because you're like pure in heart that it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what his, he's stronger than any lower vibration, any lower, mm -hmm. like he's stronger, right? And so- I don't know. I was just asking, I was just wondering, Cameron, like, do you feel like it was just him sh 
showing you his strength, that he can be anywhere you need him to be. Or because I just, it's just so, it's just not what we're taught. Like you think you're going to get it at the temple, or you're going to get it at church, or you're going to have it at home in a mm-hmm. sacred place. And yet it's at the gym with this pounding music. Mm-hmm. So I I, one of the, the times that, that comes to mind right now was the fact that yes, it, it was a testimony to me at that point, but later on in the day, um, it was one of the most profound testimony experiences for me to testify of something specific for my brother and it was kind of like laying the groundwork for that um after we had come back from lunch because the the spiritual experience happened in the morning and then we went to lunch and after lunch he didn't turn back on the music which is very odd I mean (laughs) and and then just kind of out of the blue he asked a question that I was able and um that I had kind of received that morning and anyway it just flowed and so like it, it wasn't necessarily for me. I needed to, to prove that I was in the good place and, and worthy to receive revelation then. But, right. but more importantly, it was to be a missionary tool in that, that afternoon. And anyway, yeah, I, I think a lot of times it's, it's for the purpose of our own personal edification, but it's also a, a chance for for missionary work and, and testimony building and, and things like that. We never know how the, the good that we, we do in the world. Sometimes the, the influence, the, the light that can be felt from others when, you know, they're, when we're in a Babylon scenario, um, we never know who um, the Lord is putting in our path in order for them to, to actually see that light and recognize it kind of a thing too. Right. But that was just one of the experiences. That's that- really interesting. It's just interesting to me that we can, we, that, I mean, he's stronger than any of the negative mm-hmm. and we're going to maybe be put in negative situations that aren't favorable, but that we can still grow and we can still have those Holy Ghost moments. We can still, you know, feel sanctified and feel fortified even in the lesser atmosphere Mm-hmm. Um, I don't work out at that gym anymore, but I actually really did love the workouts. But the music, bo- it bothered me. I felt, I felt it just, I didn't like it. I, but I wasn't in charge of the music. So, mm-hmm. but I, I think that's still really interesting. I think, I still think I need more clarification on it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I do think music has such a huge impact and that slow, steady beat that you talked about. The steady beat of Babylon's band. There's there's something about that that I think we'll even understand more later. Isn't it interesting that everywhere we go, there's there's music playing, and a lot of it is yucky music. And some of these really hard rock bands talk about selling their soul to the devil. And they, they're so satanic. And yet, everywhere you go, their music is playing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell me somebody who doesn't love ACDC <laughs> in, in any given group of people, right? And I'm just like, oh my gosh, what are we listening to? <laughs> right. I, I, one of, of many. But <laughs> I, I, I think it's like 
the noise though it's not it's it's not always even the beat or the words it's, it's just constant noise so you never have the quiet like a lot of times when i'm in my car i don't have anything on i just want it to be quiet Mm-hmm. But you get out to even, I said this before in the other class, you get out to pump gas and you got the stupid thing blasting some advertisement and then another radio going. And so it's just this confusion of noises. Like yeah. you never used to have anything talking to you at the gas pump. You used to just pump your gas. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even have peace there while you're pumping your gas. Yeah, I have a friend that he, um, he DJs music and stuff or he's retired and he will I mean he's big into music he always has been and so he kind of does that now just to keep busy but and he is extremely intelligent man I mean very intelligent he I, I think he's one of the smartest people I know but he doesn't use it in the right way all the time either but anyway that's beside the point he the people that will you know that he go, goes and does this with for they've said to him you know we they'll usually have like weddings for example they'll have the ceremony and so they they kind of have they want the music lower and not really you know booming and all that stuff but by the time they're ready for the reception and afterwards and a lot of them will have dancing and whatnot they want everybody to be up you know ready to go and dance and get shaken and all that he has perfected it to the point where the music he uses sets him at a lull and then he increases the tempos, the beats, the different things to get people to start feeling a little bit looser, a little bit looser to the point where once it's ready to start dancing, everybody's out there. It is amazing Mm. what he has done with the and he's researched it i mean yeah. he he graduated from byu on a music scholarship you know and he so that's been his what he's done all of his you know with that's not been his career but that's what he's he has as his background is all this music and he was the former principal and he used it with kids to calm them down when they would get you know out of control different i mean he is just he would get headphones for him, everything. But it is unreal what he's, you know, mm-hmm. how he has it all figured out. So it's it's intentional what we're hearing in places. It's to get our mind to whatever they're wanting us. It's just like TV and anything else. It's a psychop, you know, just we just don't really get it yet <laughs> all the time. Mm-hmm. It's to manipulate what we're thinking. You know, I'm I'm older than you guys, <laughs> and, but I remember when the Beatles first came out. I was just a young girl. I was like in junior high, and I remember how. Oh, I what can I say? How powerful that the song "I Want to Hold Your Hand" and how. You know how they were their long hair, and um, I never was one of their screaming fans, but I was definitely influenced by them. And I have seen the evolution of music from the Beatles. I mean, from Lawrence Welk to the Beatles to, <laughs> to the Rolling Stones to, and I don't even know the groups now who are so satanic, but. There has been a real evolution in music, and it's spiral. It's spiraling downward. Yeah, 
It's amazing. Uh, really crazy. So my, when I first uh, went back and, and reread this talk, my mind instantly went back to uh, President Nelson's talk, uh, let's see, Becoming True Millennials, uh, because, I mean, it's almost like a, a companion talk. And um, where it says, make time for the Lord, and uh, hear what it, it says here, it, it's very opposite of, of everything we're talking about with music and, and things, it ties right in. Um, but this paragraph, I wanted to just read it. It says, spend more time, much more time in places where the spirit is present. That means more time with friends who are seeking to have the spirit with them. Spend more time on your knees in prayer, more time in the scriptures, more time in family history work, and more time in the temple. I promise you that as you consistently give the Lord a generous portion of your time, he will multiply the remainder. And I remember at the time of that talk, I was kind of struggling with, with time management. Well, I mean, <laughs> story of my life. I, I've always dealt with that, right? But um, anyway, I was like, there's just not enough time in the day to do what I want to do and to do what the Lord wants me to do. And there's, there's not even enough time to do everything that the Lord wants me to do. And because um, what was this, uh, 2016, 2015, something like that, when, when that talk was given to the, to the youth. And I, I was looking for promises, you know, prophetic promises there. And that promise stood out to me so powerfully. I promise you that as you consistently give the Lord a generous portion of your time, he will multiply the remainder. And I can't tell you how many times I've gone back to that quote and relied upon it, prayed that that promise would be fulfilled in my life. You know, I, I can't say that I'm perfect at it, but like that's a consistent prayer that I, I'm, I'm offering because I'm trying to spend more time much more time in places where the spirit is present and you know just kind of like we're we're talking about here we're talking a lot about like satan's counterfeit right i mean we have these little earbuds when i was in in high school we had like the stupid little earmuff um headphones that we always had on <laughs> you couldn't hide those in in class very well under your hoodie but um but these little AirPods and, and earbuds and things like that, I mean, we're constantly taking wherever we're at and, and putting this music in and whether it's intentional or not being kind of um, lulled by the, the steady uh, low beat of, of Babylon's band kind of a thing. Um, Henry, mm -hmm. can you tell me where you just read that paragraph? Uh -huh. Yeah, so um, the talk is Becoming True Millennials, and it is, um, it's af like just after footnote number seven. Um, let me see how far down the talk it is. It's under the section called Learn How to Access the Power of Heaven. And it's before the section Follow the Prophets. So somewhere right around in there. <laughs> What year was that? Becoming true. Um, yeah, 2016. Uh, okay. Looking at it, 2016, January. And this is the one given at BYU Hawaii. Oh, so it's not, okay. Yeah, it's not a conference talk, sorry. 
And I but, remember hearing that paragraph that you said. I remember reading it, but I was like, wait, where is this? So, at BYU Hawaii. Uh huh. Yeah, BYU Hawaii, becoming true millennials. Okay. It's one of like the most foundational talks mm -hmm. that he's ever given. I mean, yes, there's lots of great ones, but there was two before he came became prophet, becoming true millennials and um, youth of the noble birthright. What will you choose? Those two talks are pivotal and you know we're we voted to, to study those here in a couple of weeks let's pull that up let's see who's studying okay so we have two more weeks and then we dive into those talks actually group a is going to be uh just uh, talking about becoming true millennials that'll be perfect <laughs> it's a perfect can segment. you throw the, the link in a an email uh-huh yeah and so um yeah becoming true millennials 2016 and then a group C that week will be talking about youth of the noble birthright um, and hope of Israel, all of them. Great, great talks. But um, yeah, that that quote that I gave is is this one. I really feel like President Nelson is really laying things out in a really mm -hmm. beautiful way. Yeah, but I feel like a lot of people aren't seeing it and it makes me sad. Yeah, exactly. And and we're just kind of like, whoa, even though we're in good places, are we putting forth the effort to make them holy places and actually understand what is being given to us and and the privileges that can be ours and, and everything? But, can um, you read a paragraph one more time from Trimonials? Yeah, for sure. I, <laughs> yeah, I was just diving back tithing, into it. Tithing your time almost, right? Is that what he's talking about, tithing your time? Exactly, yeah. So uh, he says, spend more time, much more time, in places where the spirit is present. That means more time with friends who are seeking to have the spirit with them. Spend more time on your knees in prayer, more time in the scriptures, more time in family history work, more time in the temple. I promise you that as you consistently give the Lord a generous portion of your time, he will multiply the remainder. That's not tithing. That's more than tithing. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was just going to like fast off. That's like your fast offerings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there's a tithing of time, right? And, mm -hmm. and it, it yields certain blessings. But fast offering, you kind of give till it hurts, right? I mean, it has to be an actual sacrifice uh, of that. And so I was going to pose that question out to, to all of you. Given that paragraph, what do you think that means for you personally? You know, not saying that you have to answer, but like, what does that mean? <laughs> when I, I heard this talk, my mom will laugh because she's seen the, the chart. I went through and charted out my whole schedule of each and every day, what I was going to do and, and stuff. And then I highlighted which ones were, um, were times given to the Lord to, to spend at a place where the spirit was present. And I was looking and I was like, holy cow, only like 30% of my day has the spirit notably present. And I was like, I've got to do better. And so I, I went back through and I was like, okay, how can I make this chunk of time a place where the spirit is present? And um, one of them was, was part, I was working at a marketing firm back then. And, and my marketing firm, it was just kind of bad influence or whatever. I mean, we we're always talking stupid 
conversations and stuff. And I was like, okay, how can I make that a place where the spirit is present? And then that'll really revamp a lot of my percentages throughout the day. And so uh, my goal back then, it never did, <laughs> never did come to fruition, but my goal was to get a hundred percent of my time where the spirit was present and not have any distractions even though it was, you know, work and play and actual church service and temple and everything, but to have the spirit present hundred percent of the time was super difficult, but yet that effort, I think, cause this, what, what 2016, my, my main conversion, my, my born again experience, it was 2015. Um, but I can say that it, it launched me into a trajectory that actually brought me and solidified my testimony in something no other way could have done i think that paragraph there is is the reason i am who i am today was because i i took the time to make my whole day with the spirit present you know have i kept up like that 100 percent of the time no because life hits and and things happen but um so that, don't you that think effort. that you can go through your day in just really a prayer, a conversation all day with the Lord, no matter, no matter where you are, guys, to live so that you're, you're having that conversation? Mm-hmm. Well, exactly. I think that my story about the gym is exactly yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, That's what I was it was say, not Connie. holy at all, but because I was inviting the spirit, maybe that's what my lesson was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. He can be anywhere. And I can make it 100% of my day. I haven't ever thought of it that way, like making it 100% of my day. But what a great challenge that is. Because if we invite him and keep the content, right? If we keep our content holy, then it can be that. Yeah. Well, that's what what we have in it in our sacramental experience each Sunday is it will always remember isn't that a conversation all the time with the lord you're just always remembering and you're always checking in and living your life so that it is always mm-hmm. and i think that's how we can also live the law of consecration by turning all our time and efforts over to the lord mm-hmm exactly i i was just gonna go to the consecration <laughs> thing my, myself so I think like, this is what I have come to understand, at least for me personally, that, um, like you talked about tithing versus like, Oh no, this is like more like fast offering kind of thing. And so I, I think the temple gives us the pattern. So there's obedience and, and you, you obey because you're supposed to obey. And then there's sacrifice where you're like, Oh no, it, it needs to actually, uh, the, the principle of sacrifice, not that it needs to hurt, but like, it needs to, to be a sacrifice. And then there's the law of the gospel where, where you're in it because you know that, that this is, is something, right? And then there's chastity where you need to be faithful in your, your marriage commitment with the Lord. And then there's full-on consecration. And it's like 100% of the time a prayer always in your heart where you're in constant communication and, and in the constant presence of, of the Godhead kind of thing. And so like I think that our our temple pattern is 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 definitely that we start out as we can with with the law that we can actually handle, and then we we gradually uh, increase it. 
And, you know, we, we fall from time to time and we have to go and renew certain covenants and, and things. But um, that commitment level, once we finally get there, because that was the most foreign concept to me when I was, was growing up. How can you always be praying? I mean, we pray like morning, noon and night, like it, it's too much. I can't do it. And then comes maturity throughout the years of like, no, this is, this is actually it. Having a prayer constantly in your heart. Um, <laughs> when I was thrown back into the construction world, sorry, this is all about me, but um, uh, when the Lord took away my business with COVID and, and threw me, my only <laughs> resource was, was construction. I went back into construction going, oh my gosh, my spirit is going to suffer. But then the Lord taught me, no, you can stand in holy places wherever you're at. And somebody taught me the, the power of visualization with uh, accompanied with um, having a prayer constantly in your heart. And it was to, to visualize the Savior standing beside me, doing my work with me. He's there in construction with me. He's cutting that board with me. He's measuring that with me. He's doing this with me. He's going and, and he's by my side, helping me build every single step of the way. And it, and it was like I was in this full-on conversation with him. I, I spent a, a whole week, like, super focused on, on that ability. And, you know, again, <laughs> have I kept that up? Not, not totally. But um, it, it was a, a refining process to me of, of that principle of consecration and spending my whole time actually in the spirit. I think that that's, it's huge, but, it, I mean, it's, it's daunting and, like, it, it I don't know. I think that it still continues, even though you're not having that visualization, but you're always thinking about learning and listening and helping and serving and yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That is you to me. And I feel like I do that too. I'm always thinking and watching and listening. Like I don't want to have any music or TV or anything on. I just want to be able to hear and know when I hear something that I, that I'm in the right place to hear it. Mm -hmm. that's my prayer yeah Laura I love that and I also think Cameron you wouldn't have noticed that beat before Mm. for all of your growth I don't think you would have even thought any you probably just would have liked the beat but you wouldn't have like it wouldn't have stood out to you because of your progress Mm -hmm. yeah and (laughs) this is another thing though but like with I don't know anything that's frustrating. Like I can't think of a more frustrating thing to me than construction. I, I hate it <laughs> to the utmost degree, but like um, one thing that, that is prominent mm-hmm. in my family is like the, like anytime that something happens, I like fly off the handle. If I, I hit my thumb with, with a hammer, it's like from zero to 10, I'm like super angry or whatever, but then having that visualization of the savior beside me and actually being in, in prayer, you know, that, that really helps that, <laughs> that moment compress and you're like oh okay uh-huh. what was the savior's trade i know right <laughs> i'm so far from that but yeah there's yeah. your visualization this week mm-hmm. yeah it, it was like very interesting doing that. So, I love yeah um i really love these talks and i feel like that he um President Nelson is not holding anything back if we're looking, if we have eyes to see and ears to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's right here and it's so comforting. It is. 
can we talk about the Sabbath day part? Yeah, for sure. Um, I looked up the footnote for that, but now I have to find it. Is it 13? Isaiah, Exodus 31, 13. 58, 13, I think. Yeah, speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily, my Sabbath ye shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations. Generations. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. That you may know that I am the Lord that does sanctify you. And I love, like, I've really been focusing on sanctifying, like, for the last three years like that's been my <laughs> word and i and keeping the sabbath holy used to be super super hard for me super hard but now it's not even like it's not i don't even feel like it's hard at all so i do feel like i've made progress you guys yeah <laughs> <laughs> but and i do feel like there's so many blessings from it but um the sign between me and you throughout your generations what does that mean yeah, it's interesting going through all of Exodus and, and looking at the time frames that he puts on certain things. You know, when he talks about the Sabbath day, it'll be kept throughout your generations. When it's talking about the feast days, he actually gives a time frame that those will be observed and, and certain things that will only be observed in this generation. And so it, it's a very interesting uh, concept there going throughout Exodus and, and Leviticus with that in mind. Because he kind of uses that a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So do you think that means that means that it will affect our children, and, but it also affects the people before us? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, for sure. Um, just looking up like the example of the feast days. Yeah, so like in Exodus 12, um, 14, it says, and, and he's talking about the, the Passover at this point. Um, and this day shall be unto you for a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast unto the Lord throughout your generations, plural. You shall keep it as a feast by an ordinance forever. And so uh, I think that that, you know, kind of plays into to that as well, because the Sabbath day one um it doesn't have that specific phrase of forever, but it does have the generations plural. Right. And if we learn it here on earth, then it's going to be much easier than if we have to learn it later. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, with the, the pattern of creation and the day of rest and uh, things like that, you know, and, it, you know, we often misconstrue that the day of rest is as just sleeping it off kind of a thing versus rest actually means to begin a new occupation of holy work. And, uh, you know, <laughs> did you read the next verse in that? Of minor Kathy's of the uh, in the from the footnotes of oh, footnotes. 31. I can't. 13, I can't. The, Let me look. Pretty interesting. Ye keep the Sabbath, therefore, 
it is holy unto you. Everyone that defileth it shall surely be put to death. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. you're right. I don't no, know. Right? Or whoever doth any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Wow. Yeah, I'm glad we read that. Interestingly enough, right? Like, because all, uh, all laws have a blessing and a curse. And, you know, if you ask anybody in, in the church, right? Uh, so what is the blessing of keeping the Sabbath day holy? And then what is the curse of keeping the Sabbath day holy? Uh, if, you, if you do break it. And nobody knows the curse. I, anybody that I have it's asked. Death. It's, it's death. death. <laughs> yeah. So as our nation uh, turns away from any... Uh, any nation, but, you know, I, I talk about America because we're here, but um, any nation that does not keep the, the Sabbath day holy, death comes upon it. And it, it's very interesting uh, taking that and uh, applying it throughout history and looking at when the Lord keeps his, his promise there. Yeah, very interesting. And and that he put that that part of the verse, like he goes from verse 13 to verse 16. You know, he skips right. the other ones to like emphasize that. Yep. You got that? <laughs> it, it's very interesting. Looking at uh, the first talk, there was another one that was like crazy too. Um, in chapter 59, the pure truth, pure doctrine, pure revelation talk, if you look at the first footnote there in, in verse four, I mean, really take time, like study that out for a good half hour. Why does he do those verses and why does he skip the ones that he skips? So he, he does Doctrine and Covenants 20 and he quotes verses 61, 64, and 67. It's such a weird footnote and it takes a lot of pondering and uh, like, why does he do that? It, it's one of the, the more interesting ones. But, uh, along with the, the one that we were just talking about here in, in the Exodus. Like, why does he go from 13 to 16 there? It's very important. Wait, do you have, a, do you have an answer on that one? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I, I have it fully comprehended, no. But um, very interesting where... Okay, so let's see. We convene each general conference as directed by the Lord. I mean, that's that's super simple. That's an easy concept. You know, the Lord directs that we hold a general conference. Doctrine and Covenants 20, they're organizing the church and, and holding a general conference. But then he skips certain verses and includes 64 and 67, which are very specific about the Aaronic Quorums and the Melchizedek Quorums receiving their assignments and um, their kind of ministerial certificates at conference like why quote that and and why put that as an important footnote to to what he's talking about there i don't know that's the the talk that we're going to be doing in group b tonight we'll see if anybody else has any great ideas on on that one that's been studying up that's one I think we'll either have to ask President Nelson personally. <laughs> I would love this. Or, or ask Heavenly Father why that. Yeah. Because 
the president Nelson doesn't do anything just did there, there there there's something to that yeah I mean, look at the next talk. Uh, it's chapter 60, The Temple and Your Spiritual Foundation. Look at the footnotes here. I mean, page 162, there's more footnote than there is talk. Exactly. I, <laughs> I saw mean, that. He doesn't do any footnote by happenstance. It's not just, oh, I'll have my secretary throw in that and quote things. No, this is like talks within talks. And anyway, it's so fun. I can't tell you how many people I talk to about the footnotes and they kind of look at me like, what footnotes? Of course. Yeah, what, are, what are footnotes? What? I, I've talked to a lot of people lately and they're like, how do you even find the footnotes? I mean, they don't have like my compilation or anything like that, but they're looking on the, the church site and they're like, they can't find footnotes. They don't know how to turn them on. You know, if you click you on the settings. Off, yeah. Yeah. And so they don't, they've, they don't know how to turn them on or they don't even know how to click on the related content button that that shows the footnotes because anyway and so it, it's been so fun kind of like uh helping people learn how to to click on those things and actually read the footnotes and and the surprise like oh my word there's so much more here than than in his actual talk and i'm like yes it's a whole nother sermon i say yeah. it's a whole nother talk yeah <laughs> and so if you're giving a lesson on this in relief society or whatever like, go look at the footnotes and see what else he had there, and it'll help you um, bring that into your to your lessons and stuff. And they're just like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. How come I've never looked at the footnotes before? <laughs> they're awesome. They are awesome. They are awesome. I have a um, question for you all. Um, I had a beautiful experience yesterday to go to a, the temple with the sister for the first time and she shared an experience that she had and this is in total reverence I'm asking this so that I can direct her and help her and I know that you guys have connections and know but she um as soon as she walked into the celestial room she had a vision kind of a little playful vision of almost like bubbles and smoke. Have you heard that before? Bubbles and smoke? Yeah. Interesting. There's like, there's, there's more to it, but mm -hmm. um, she was at first shocked that we couldn't see it. And I said, this is your gift. This is for you. Just sit back and enjoy it. And it was the whole, she said it was the whole time that she was in there. It was very interesting to watch her. She was just so happy and her life is very heavy. She has two children on the spectrum and her husband is in and out of jobs and this was diagnosed with um, diabetes and like lots of issues, lots and lots of issues. And I said, I, I just feel like that that was a little time for you just to play and have fun with the Lord. Would mm -hmm. you say something else or is there a place to direct her or is there something else I, I don't know. Have you heard of anything like that before? That, that's an interesting one you know with like a dream and vision interpretation bubbles op often represent um uh, our prayers ascending to heaven in a pure and uh undefiled way versus like um if we're looking back at like old testament imagery you know the incense altar that's in the holy place just outside of the holy of holies 
you know, they, they burned the incense and that represented the prayers of all of Israel ascending to heaven. So I would, that's my first guess would be that that, that might've been that representation, that that was the, the place where her prayers uh, kind of in, in two different kind of dimensions were, were, were ascending. Her prayers were ascending and are going to be answered shortly um, in that, that holy place kind of a thing. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, that's an interesting one to, to dive into. It was probably the most beautiful endowment ceremony or session that I've been through just because it resonated. The whole thing just resonated so beautiful with her. Mm-hmm. It was so well prepared and just took it all in. There wasn't any surprises and there really wasn't any questions. Like she just like, I get it. Like I get this. Yeah. So it was so beautiful. Like just so beautiful. That's so fun. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was almost like a, a um, proof of the covenant of Israel, how he mm-hmm. will be there and be what we need him to be. And like, I don't know, maybe she had a hard childhood or to have kind of that childish view. Maybe she needed that as like a healing because so many people have issues from childhood or, or um, traumas where maybe that she would see something totally different than I would need to see or what you would need to see. And I think it's because she was so prepared, probably Lara, if she wouldn't have been that prepared, she probably wouldn't have received what, she, or she wouldn't have been open to receive what she got. Had she been like totally taken back by the whole endowment and overwhelmed or worried about something, but because she just was so, like you said, she just loved it and was so prepared. Maybe that's why it was like, well, you know, you've done all this hard work and here's, I'm here to be what you need me to be. And that's what she needed. Like, I think that's amazing. It was so beautiful. So beautiful. She, mm-hmm. she looks so happy and she came from an abusive childhood. So that kind of resonates right there too. Mm-hmm. But she could just yeah. like, like you could just see this release and this connection and yeah, I wonder if it was healing out and playing like she could play in the celestial room. This is so beautiful. I think it was uh, I think it was a healing of her childhood trauma. That's what hit me that it was something for her childhood, maybe to help her heal, because healing usually has to start from our youth up, you know, start. Oh, from wow. the beginning. Yeah. That is beautiful. Yeah. What temple were you in? Wally. Okay. Yeah, that's so fun. So, how far away is like the the Washington D.C. one for you? I had to it's go to the four open hours. Room. It's four hours, and I learned today that if you fly in and you just get an Uber, that you can go right in. You don't have to have tickets or anything. Oh, sweet! You have to have tickets for his parking. So, if you if you want to fly in, if you have an extra flight, if you want to just <laughs> fly in and take an Uber, you can go through the temple. Uh-huh. I mean some of the the pictures and uh stories coming out of there i mean some amazing stuff in that that washington dc one have you ever have you ever seen it has anyone ever seen it when when you're on the beltway it's just like oh here's the temple like in all this green it's so green here yeah you know on saturday this right now there's no flowers so it'll be green until the crate myrtles go probably the end of may or into june i don't know but everything is so green. It's almost claustrophobic green. Like just <laughs> on the freeway and it's just like a tunnel of trees, green forever. Yeah. 
Yeah, it'd be fun. Let's do it. Let's do our book club retreat. Let's do a weekend. <laughs> Just fly in and take it over. Public transportation. But that was such a beautiful experience yesterday. And, and I'm grateful that it was just so perfect, so perfect. And she she called me today. She said, "I'm still. I had to work today, but I'm I'm just thinking about this." And she said, "I she had to work today," and it's just like it's just caught my day. It's just so beautiful. I I just keep thinking about it. And so that's your gift, and I'm so glad I was there with her that I could say, "This is your gift. Mm-hmm. Just enjoy this. Just sit back." And we sat there probably I don't know probably 40 minutes. And she said, "The whole time I was in there, it was happening. The whole time, as soon as I walked in, and when I walked out, it ended." was just in the celestial room when she entered and she left huh. so amazing just so amazing so cool. mm-hmm. she's such a sweet lady and she has two children and four and six on the spectrum one of them the six-year-old is super heavy autistic so she's got a lot a lot on her plate and she never complains she's just so beautiful like how do you do this she doesn't have a ton of money or anything she's just like well my husband doesn't have a job right now so i have to work tomorrow <laughs> like i'll go uh, or, oh my God. yeah yeah that healing that that kathy was talking about and just having that, that release that, that she needed so hmm. beautiful All right. Well, um, for next week, we are all, all of the groups, A, B, and C, are all going to be studying the Enzyme article, The Future of the Church, Preparing the World for the Savior's Second Coming. Um, I should have looked this up beforehand. Sorry. If you're in the print version of the book, Um, chapter 40 on page 103. Um, let me look that up. Does anybody keep up with the Enzyme articles every month? I haven't been very good at that. I have not been good at that either. I mean, I try, but it's just not my thing. That was the beginning of my, my spiritual journey is I had to turn off all my magazines. So I, I cut off all my subscriptions. And if I couldn't get through the enzyme, I didn't do anything else that month. Mm-hmm. Years ago. So I always made sure I made it through. But right now there's these other things I'm studying and I, I kind of feel bad sometimes that I'm not doing the enzyme like I should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially when you uh-huh. say this. So if you're just trying to find the article itself, it's in the April 2020 Enzyme Magazine. Thank you. Yeah, so we'll be studying that that one next week. And then the week after that will be the Restoration Proclamation. And then we'll separate. Cameron, is that in your book, big book of Nelson or in the small? It's in the small book. And say the page again. Sorry, I was doing dishes as I was listening. Okay. Yeah, so page 103, and it is chapter 40. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so the other ones in future weeks, uh, some of them are in the small one, some of them are in the big one, but I'll, I'll let you know on those. Um, the Restoration Proclamation is just going to be a different one. I don't think I've put that one specifically in here or wait, no, he quoted it fully in his talk, didn't he? Yeah, so it, it's in there. Um, I'll find that one. But uh, the other ones, I'll, 
I'll let you know which which book it's in. Yep. Anyway, it's been a, a fun discussion. I was kind of, I always kind of wonder if like when we have super small talks, like I don't know, will we be able to fill the time? What are we gonna talk about? Never disappointed. <laughs> Surrounded by chatty boxes. I, I love it. <laughs> it's not like a, a elders quorum or release society list where sometimes it's like crickets. <laughs> the group. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Good night.